is it going to replace my digital agency? Is it going to replace me? I said, AI won't replace you, but people that use AI will replace you, right? Like it's a tool, but AI will also destroy the people that are just solely using AI. So what happens when you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, right? Like all these people are saying, oh, look at how lean I can actually get and all this content I can actually create. What people don't understand is AI just keeps repeating the stuff that's already there. So it's going right. to keep making copies of a copy. Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada, And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. We are doing the first of its kind interview here on the podcast. We got a roundtable discussion with some of my favorite people in what we call our content club. We got Jason Swank. We got Chris Brewer. We got James Food Torres. And if you're watching online, you can see all their beautiful faces here on video. But I'm going to have them introduce themselves briefly. If you haven't heard from them already, if you're in the agency world, if you're in the agency space, you've definitely heard of some of these guys, and I'm really excited to have them on the show. So I'm just going to go from what I'm seeing on my screen left to right. Jason, why don't you go introduce yourself for the audience? Yeah. Hey, I'm Jason Swank. I've had an agency since 99. My first agency, I ran it and scaled it working with clients like LegalZoom and Hitachi and AT&T and ran that for 12 years before selling it. And that was an eight-figure agency and been coaching agency owners ever since after that and even started an agency three years ago where we're a little over 30 million in revenue now. Live out in Colorado with my uh, family and two kids. Awesome, man. Uh, Chris, how about you go for it? You're next up. Hey, thanks, Lucas. Chris Brewer, and I'm the co-founder of an agency called OMG Commerce. I've been in the agency world for quite a long time, started my first agency, which was an outdoor advertising agency of all things. It was brokering billboards and printing signs and all that fun stuff, and actually was one of the first online sign companies called findasign.com way back in the day. Used the Wayback Machine and have some fun with that one. Also had a direct mail company, direct mail agency. And then many years ago, when I saw that maybe direct mail was getting ready to be pushed out by digital advertising, myself and my business partner, Brett Curry, who is a pretty well-known guy in the space, started a company called back then Online Marketing Giant, which has now become OMG Commerce. And we run a direct-to-consumer performance marketing and CPG goods as well agency with about 70 or so folks. That's my story. I love it. And you got your OMG Fest. I keep seeing this. What was the thing that's coming up you guys got coming? OMG Commerce Summit. That's our summit this week. We have this year, it's a virtual summit because we just have too many people. And after right. spending five figures to fly everybody in last year, I thought, you know, <laughs> with 70 people, I probably can't fly all them in. So we have a Every single day this week with blocks for people to get client work done in between, we've got a summit where we're presenting on various topics and it's awesome. 
my office manager sent out bingo cards. So we have bingo based on, uh, <laughs> can everybody hear me? Uh, a green shirt, forgot to unmute themselves. Fun things can happen <laughs> when you're doing uh, virtual meetings to keep people engaged and listening. Yeah. Uh, so that's a brilliant thing there. And we had our AI brainstorm today. I know we we're going to probably talk about that. So uh, yeah. yeah, if you successfully figure out how to do it, definitely let me know what you find out because I've had so many struggles doing group Zoom calls and I'm sure you guys have figured out with those bingo cards that looks looks awesome. Uh, actually, it's funny. My girlfriend, she told me once that she was on a Tony Robbins like free mastermind thing once and I had, I think it was like a thousand people on this Zoom call. And I know that's probably normal for big companies, but to be honest, I've never done anything that large. It just seems very, very chaotic, but obviously they found a way to make it work. James Futores, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, my name is James Futores, but I go by Fu. First part of my last name. I'm originally from Puerto Rico and I got recruited with the Air Force. That's how I came here to the States. And then my last six months, that was in 2020, I decided that I wanted to do something more fulfilling. So that's why I kind of stumbled upon the agency model. That's I uh, learned about SEO, lead generation, and PR. And PR was the thing that stood out the most for me. So then I committed to public relations and opening Imperium Authority. We operated in it since. And I've expanded because of the experience that I've gotten with my clients, working with seven, eight, and even one nine-figure client instead of just focusing on public relations which, you know, we were able to do great things, but there are some clients that were not winning. So then I started learning and applying with this client's marketing strategy and other places of their business. So then now I help with marketing strategy and I lead with a marketing strategy assessment to make sure that when we do PR, it makes sense. So that, that's a good thing now that it's just rather than let's try to fit PR where I can, I start with marketing strategy and then we fit PR when it makes sense. And then we add obviously other stuff. A lot of SEO work has been a big thing that we're using and it goes hand in hand with public relations, right? Because of the links and position that and authoritative sites. So that is where I'm at right now. It's marketing strategies for background in PR, Air Force veteran, Puerto Rican, and ready here to, to talk about some cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Corey, introduce yourself. Hey guys, Corey Quinn. I... I'm the founder and president of Corey Quinn, Inc. Not surprising that I'm a consultant and I work a lot with agencies. I have about 15 years experience working directly with agencies, helping them to grow. My last company was a company called Scorpion. We grew from 20 million to 150 million in six short years. Learned a lot there. And yeah, really excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Lucas. Of course, man. You got the Obi-Wan Kenobi beard going on. I love yeah. it. I love it. I wish I could grow facial hair that pure white, honestly. It's, it's definitely a sign of intelligence. I love that. For so long, I had patchy beard hair and it's like finally starting to grow in. So it's good. All right, guys. So what are you guys thinking of AI, artificial intelligence? I keep getting harassed in my email inbox that this is the age of AI. I literally had Bill Gates send me an email that said it's the age of AI. I've had multiple other companies say it's the age of AI. And I don't know. Is it the age of AI? I mean, this is my fifth year with my marketing agency. So I haven't been around for long enough to know if this is the third or fourth time that this has been, you know, said. But what do you guys think? I mean, is this something that it truly is game changing? I mean, ChatGPT was the most successful product launch, according to, I think, ChatGPT themselves. I don't know if that's been verified, but they said that it was the most successful product launch of all time. So are we here yet? Is that starting to happen with your agencies? Are you noticing changes already? I th yeah. You, Jason, what were you saying? Yeah, I mean, 
I think how it's going to change the market is just everyone. I've been getting so many questions like, is it going to replace my digital agency? Is it going to replace me? I said, AI won't replace you, but people that use AI will replace you, right? Like it's a tool, but AI will also destroy the people that are just solely using AI. So what happens when you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, right? Like all these people are saying, oh, look at how lean I can actually get and all this content I can actually create. What people don't understand is AI just keeps repeating the stuff that's already there. So it's going to keep making copies of a copy and it's pretty much, it's going to be like shit work. So then us humans are going to get paid a premium, but there Mm -hmm. are areas in it where you can make it you know, better, right? Like use it for thumbnail generation or, but then that even gets into a debate, right? Like who owns the copyright because it's going after, I think there was one thing where one of the AI generated, you can kind of tell like the logo was from Giddy Images, which Giddy Images loves going after people. They literally went after people since like 2003. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the danger is that if you use an AI system and you generate, you know, all of these, you could have one error that just as Getty images to, to all these photos and you're faced with a huge lawsuit. So, you know, to your point, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. I think the, you know, the, the funny thing is that I was listening to this whole comment today on a podcast where they were saying that a lot of programmers are worried that it's going to replace their jobs, but a lot of people who own development companies actually think that the output from developers will increase 10 X. You're going to be able to create more code in the world and more code in the world creates more opportunities for businesses to, turn their business into a software business, which could actually mean you have to hire more people potentially. So there's definitely that perspective as well. What do you guys think, Chris, James, what are your thoughts? You already starting to use it in any capacity? Yeah. When it first started coming out, I think I posted in our executive team Slack, like, hey, we got to get all over this. We got to get ahead of this. This is the way we roll. Like, let's make sure that we're not left in the dust here. But the thing about it is, you know, and I saw a stat, an article about, you know, knowledge doubling and, you know, in the middle ages or so that knowledge was doubling every hundred years or so. Then you fast forward to the 1940s and knowledge is doubling about every two to five years. And again, I'm vastly off of these stats, but you guys get it right. And here we are with AI. If you guys haven't heard any idea how often knowledge is doubling now with AI every 12 minutes. Wow. The knowledge base is doubling every 12 minutes. So to Jason's point, I just actually used AI to help me with some of my summit stuff tomorrow. And I got five strategic recommendations on something. But they're so boilerplate. I could have gone back and forth with prompts and things like that. Refine it. But it's so boilerplate and basic. And it's going to help with talking points. And maybe it'll evolve. But one thing I know about business owners, they are, for the most part, lazy in education, they're going to still want an agency to do the AI part for them. Um, Because learning the prompts and the asterisk and the this and that, like, I don't just do it for me. Right. So I grabbed a URL over the weekend. I'm not going to say what it is, but I grabbed a URL over the weekend of a new agency business around AI. And Mm. then I just thought, I just wanted to grab the domain because I just think, you know, Agencies are not going to become irrelevant, but to Jason's point, if you're not embracing some of the technology and also talking it up with your clients, the clients are going to start thinking, well, this agency is not using AI. I'm going to go to this agency that's using AI. Right. 
you you've got to make sure you're at least showcasing your expertise and utilization of the tools. I think it's a huge opportunity for anybody out there. And that's a great point, Chris. Corey, James, what do you guys think about AI? Do you think it's going to be game changing? Do you think it's going to change everything for your marketing agencies? Are already starting to use it in any capacity? I am definitely using it every day. I mean, being in PR, uh, obviously use it for getting ideas for articles, rewrite certain parts or add things. And I always have to like edit it and make it my own, but it's so much easier to work with some ideas and then fill them in than just coming up with a blank paper, right? Like, and one thing that I've been using that is pretty cool, like I use auto AI. So I either transcribe videos that I already have or I straight up start recording directly on auto AI. And it's like, look, this is the idea that I want to get across. And I just go at it with no filter. And it's like, this is my ideas. And then I take that transcript Put it in chat GPT and then like, give me the main points of this. And then I make that a post. I make that an article. I use it for reference for any type of content, really. So right. uh, and even for doing a short video form, it's like, look, this is what I want to talk. And then I put it in chat GPT and then it's like super bullet point and easy. So it's like, okay, this is what I actually got to do in the talking head video. Right? right. So those are the things that I'm doing. Also, like after I record video then oh to make the caption for social media i made it there and i put it like okay make it short make it sweet make it this it is cool most times i gotta edit but but it's so much easier and just speeds up the process so that's how i'm using it every single day just transcripts and then put it in chat gpt uh, help me with title ideas i even tell them like pretend you're a journalist of a national publication what would you ask this person and then i ask those questions and then i can use them to ask my clients or ask people so officially chat gpt is an employee of my company already it's an assistant yeah that is sure. a, that's such an interesting way to put it to be honest i Hadn't thought about it like that, but yes, having it be almost like an employee of your company is, is hugely additive to the world. Corey, what do you think? Is it useful? Have you started using it instrumentally right now to your business? Well, I'll put it this way. I've used the word prompt more in the last two months than I have my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's the right? same thing here. It's the, uh, it's the new buzzword. Creating prompts is a new skill set. I try and use it as much as possible in the work that I do for all the obvious reasons. What I think is super exciting is that I believe that this is the beginning of a revolution, of a transformation of everything across all domains. Digital marketing, for sure, but healthcare, technology, software, uh, commerce, service business. And the crazy thing that at least occurs to me is that we don't know what that future is going to look like yet. Like, we don't know where the biggest impact is going to be. Of course, everything's going to be touched by this, but where that's going to be is super exciting. I think Chris was mentioning earlier, it's a required skill. And those agencies or any business owner who decides to not embrace this will seriously risk getting left behind. I'm also curious too, where are you guys seeing the innovation around this tool in your companies? Because... Obviously, I think we all work with different, you know, numbers of people at our organization and have employees or contractors or whatever it is. Where are you seeing most innovation coming from with AI? Like, are you seeing it be lower level employees saying, hey, I found this really cool way to automate this task? Or are you seeing it always come from the top down? Like where in the organization right now in your agencies and your businesses, are you noticing most of this innovation come from these skills that are being automated? I would say from the bottom up. Yeah. The strategist on the top, right. the people leading, 
those are things that you're never gonna just trust. Well, never say never, but right now, at least on the stage that we are, yeah. it's not something that you really uh, want to trust. But I say virtual assistants, you know, like it might get replaced first, right? Because if you can get an AI that talks like a human, is more even more efficient, can do things faster, and it's just things that are here are the SOPs, just follow these steps, right? Then that's something that I see jobs getting replaced there pretty soon. Like customer service, for example. I mean, it's been getting implemented for a little bit, but now it's becoming like almost scary good, you know? Right. Uh, so that's something that I see. And obviously there's a slippery slope that it gets so good that we can even differentiate. And then, you know, what happens if it goes off the rails, right? That's still there. That's the other side of the story, but I'm going gonna, gonna to leave it there for, for yeah, later discussion. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Yeah, what are you saying? Yeah, I, I was going to say, this is where the podcast gets good, because maybe people disagree. I actually disagree. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> there you go. I actually think it comes from the top and goes down if you're in the right organization, right? Like, I see leaders going to their whole organization and saying, I want you to think about what are some things we can use in AI to make us more efficient. I think the top will actually get replaced first rather than the bottom because look oh wow we we all know like i literally want to punch people in the face when i get on a call and it's like automation like push one or like tell me why you're calling and right. i'm literally like i don't want to talk to this stupid freaking ai and i'll say operator and it's like i don't understand please tell yeah. us what your reason <laughs> for calling let me give you some options and i literally cuz i'm a new yorker i get really pissed i start cussing at this ai and it just makes <laughs> me feel better right like so my point is people that are going to stand out are the ones that still use humans there and mm. the top right coming up with ideas like you can see all the really smart people now are going there coming up with like, give me a strategy for X, Y, and Z. And it comes up with one and you're like, holy cow. Think about agencies. I remember I had Seth Godin on my podcast one year and I remember he was explaining kind of agencies and how they really relate to car manufacturers and car dealers. When mm. car manufacturers came out, they had no distribution. All they wanted to do was make cars. So they brought in car dealers. Right. And you could kind of see the car dealers starting to shake up. Same thing when people wanted to start advertising. Well, they needed a middleman, they needed the agency. Right. But as soon as technology can replace that middleman, think about Facebook. Facebook is reaching out right. to all of your clients now. If you're a Facebook agency, I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't need that agency. You don't think they're doing that, but I can promise you they're doing that. If mm. they can skip you, they will skip you. So the top is going to actually get replaced before the bottom. That's fascinating. I give a hand to Chris and Corey on this one for you guys. You guys definitely helped me think about this on the interviews we've done together, but totally agree, Jason. I think that relationships are going to become even more important. I think, Chris, I don't know if it's still the case with your business, but I think you mentioned that you have like a very lean sales team because you get so much of your business from referrals. And partnerships. We're a little too late, <laughs> but no, it's all good. Like, no, actually, something real quick thinking about what Jason said, you know, I, I actually was talking with my new outbound salesperson today. And what I was talking to him about was this whole AI discussion. And, and to Jason's point, we had this brainstorming session that our leadership gave to our whole team to say, give us everything in every department that you think this can be used for. Because like, hey, team, you better be on your toes. 
Um, right. Be on your toes here and be looking at all of the possibilities. But I actually think AI is going to be great for sales because it is only going to further, to Jason's point, increase the amount of cold email crap and cold approaches those that are still willing to pick up the phone and have a conversation and start a relationship, go to an event in person, you know, I think still human beings are human beings. Watch this. I'm about to tie a prison documentary into this topic. <laughs> um, I was watching oh, this prison As long as it doesn't have the shower scene in it. <laughs> but... I was watching a deal in a supermax prisons and these prisoners, some of these, they, they don't have physical contact hardly with anybody. And the thing that happens to them over time, it's like, I think it's kind of cruel in some ways, you know, and these are terrible offenders. But one of the prisoners was just talking about the thing that he misses most is a human interaction and touch. And if mm. we're already in a generation that is creating their own supermax prisons with smartphones and social media and things like that. So those that step out of those confines and into relationship, I believe, are the ones that are going to thrive. I have two quick comments for, for that based on that, Chris. I think it's super interesting what you shared. My wife is a physician. She's a psychiatrist. Have you guys ever seen a movie called Her, which is oh, basically yes. a computer program that has the feel of a girlfriend. It's like the girlfriend experience, right? right and it's, it's right. nothing but software. <laughs> and when you think about the work that my wife does and therapists and psychiatrists, there's just something called the therapeutic alliance where you build this trust with your therapist to the point where the patient is able to share the sort of the deep and meaningful things that will lead to lasting change. And while I think that physical touch, you cannot replace that with, you know, a really smart program, over time, I anticipate we're going to get closer to that world where the AI is going to get so good at being able to communicate as if they were a real life human, right? So I think that is right. mind-blowing. The other thing I want to mention, different topic, but I think it's related to this whole thing, specifically in agencies, is that when you have the top coming down on the, on the whole company and saying, we have to figure this out, this is serious to the whole company, and the people who are doing a lot of the work at the agencies are also trying to figure this out, there's got to be a level of anxiety right? Of people wondering, right. hey, is my head on the chopping block in the next, you know, six to 18 months as a result of this? Because they're going to figure out that what I'm doing today can be easily replaced. As leaders, it's a really important time to be able to put the leader hat on and really think about change management, sort of best practices and how you communicate to the company to make sure that everyone still feels safe and that they're that they're wanted at the company as everyone goes through this this transformation together that's a good that's a good point but what i'll say is the people that are worried if they're going to get replaced they should get replaced mm. <laughs> oh it's got to be something like that or or hustle right like skills right i always looked at my job is to coach the individual to be better and to gain skill so many agencies come to me going, how can I make more money? They're like, well, you know, what's the hack? What's the strategy? Yeah. I said, well, are you the best at what you do? Mm. How can you mm. get even better at your skill? And yes. so the employees I always hired when I got smarter, <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I didn't always hire this way. I, at first I was like, you, you're breathing. You want to work for me? Yeah. Okay, you can go here. <laughs> but like, I want them 
to constantly up their skill level if they can get more efficient, right? And like, and show them the pathway and how could I coach them there rather than be a dictator and go right. do this or- I, I would argue, Jason, that that is, that is leadership unto itself. Letting people know that, hey, you're expected to continue to improve. That's how you keep your job here, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, well, this I goes add, into so many new things, but James, what are you going to say? I just want to add that the one advantage of this thing is it's new for everyone, right? So if it's new for everyone, then everybody has basically the equal opportunity to start learning right now and get on top of that. So if you start worrying about like, oh, am I going to get replaced? Then be replaceable. Start learning it. So that yeah. way it's not a matter of can that thing do what I'm doing right now? Can I learn how to use it to do a better job? And now be like, oh, like maybe I can even get promoted. I can do more output now because mm -hmm. I'm using it. Mm -hmm. So like, that's the thing. It's a matter of thinking, how can I level up because of this rather than feeling scared that it will be replaced? So obviously everybody here is like in the same uh, yeah. same line. So I, yeah. I like that. Become become the in-house guru, right? And then yeah. you're, you're irreplaceable. Honestly, I, I, I boil it down to three things. It's like my spin on the EOS, like traction system, boil it down to capacity, ability, and tenacity. I feel like if you have those three things, you're a great employee. I don't see those three things changing in the world of AI. I think they're all going to still be very important. And you know, to both your guys' points, you might have the time to do a job, so you have the capacity, and you might have the ability. But if you don't have the eagerness to always improve, then I would argue you don't have the tenacity. That's what I've really been looking for I do want to comment on one thing that's kind of like a sub-variant of this whole topic because I don't know if you guys have experienced this with newer agencies and also newer businesses, but because we all sell a service and have all actually had success scaling a service business, I have been noticing that for a lot of the people I work with, and especially people who are just starting to scale, they make one critical mistake when it comes to closing people which is they don't actually build a relationship before the person buys. And I'm curious, just anecdotally, how many calls do you think would you tell somebody you probably have to take with somebody on average before they buy your product or service? Like how many like relationship building calls do you guys? And I'm just curious because I want to check my own hypothesis on this. I have a certain answer, but I'm curious what your guys' answer is because it relates so much to this world of AI because everyone's trying to get it to be like, one call closes, you see a pitch deck, you cop on a call, you had an AI send out 30 emails, you get them on, they buy, they don't even have to talk to you. It's like a cash flow money printing machine. That's what everyone's selling right now is they're selling that concept. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe that exists, but I'm curious to see how deeply do you have to build a relationship with somebody before they buy from you? What's your take on that? Well, I have an opinion on that. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I'll just go real quick. Our whole process is built for multi-touch you know, just ourselves. So someone's going to touch our website, they're going to have a discovery call, but in between the discovery call, they're going to have a couple of interactions with the team. Then we're going to have a follow-up call. If they go to the next step, we're going to have a strategic audit review, which then they get another hour with other members of the team to go through that. So I'm just thinking off the top of my head, there's going to be three to five meaningful touches three for sure before that we even ask them for the order bare minimum that's extremely fascinating do you guys have any thoughts on that i think three is my number two on average typically less rarely less than that unless they are highly referred or they you know there's certain circumstances but 
today, I think ultimately in the agency business, based on my experience, the buyers are not that sophisticated to understand the sort of the nuts and bolts of the digital marketing world. And so you're not going to sell them on that, but you're going to sell them on trust because they ultimately are going to need to trust you with their business. And it depends obviously on the type of business you service, but in my experience, we would work with attorneys as an example. And internet marketing for many attorneys today represents a significant part of their business. And it's a big, big decision for them who to go with. And they have to ultimately go with their gut. And the way to the way that we went to market was really heavily focused on being what we called their trusted advisor. And so we would treat the, mm. the conversation not transactional, but more of a consultant coming in and understanding the, the entirety of their business and the specific pain points that they had as a part of the sales process. So interesting. So interesting. You guys have anything to add, Jason or, or James on this topic? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it all depends on the brand and how you position yourself. Mm. Yeah. And after you build the brand, like I look at it in kind of a three-step formula, right? You have to have clarity of who you're going after. There's too many agencies out there that have no freaking clue. They don't want to exclude anybody, but they're not willing to market to that one type of industry, right? Like we went after one of our niches and you can't have more than one when you start. You can build on, right? Kind of like Facebook did, right? Like they went after Harvard and then Ivy League schools and so on and so on. You can't just say, I help everybody. You're an idiot. Right. It's, it's harder to do that. You're not an idiot. It's just harder and you haven't figured it out. It's kind of like going to that Vegas buffet. You got to try out right. everything. And when you get sick on the crab legs, you're like, oh, I don't want to have any more crab legs. I can go to this other... But after you figure out the clarity, it's about positioning. How can I position? Most people that engage with our agency mastery and work with us, they listen to the show for three years. Wow. Three years. <laughs> That's so crazy. everyone else going after, right? Like they don't have the patience. They need to bring, so they're pushing more and more. So when people come to us, we're also not closing them right in the first call, but we're also not pitching our core service on the first yes call. yes and, preach and that's, preach that's the key right so our first call is like a triage call where we're yes. trying to diagnose if they're right for us can we actually help them do we want to help them then the next call is about positioning a paid strategy with them and like mm -hmm. for example lotus cars called us for a website they were coming up with this four-door car that was early 2000s. It was called the Evora. I don't even know if it's still around, but they wanted a website. So everybody was putting together their website proposals. I said, all these people are complete morons. You shouldn't go with them because they have not dived into the strategy because I asked you some questions. You couldn't tell me the strategy. So let us help you develop a high level strategy together. Yeah. <laughs> and then from that, that leads to the next and maybe a smaller project. And then that can lead to being the agency of record for the retainer. And I can't tell you how many people do this. You're going to close way quicker. You're going to see if that client's a complete moron. You can tell I, I say it how it is, <laughs> right? So like, that's what makes the podcast podcasting fun. But yeah, so that's how we would always do it. That's fascinating. Yeah, I will say, you know, I know that we kind of dovetailed into that conversation from the AI one, but I think it's fascinating because I've just been seeing now that the majority of inefficient businesses and agencies are too impatient. I think that is a good way of putting that, Jason. I think they do think that, and it's not really their own fault. I think the internet kind of pushes this on them, but it's like, 
you know, all you need is to get a lead. They're going to hop on a call and they're going to buy from you right now. But it's never that way. On all the interviews I've done, it's always relationships first. And I think one thing that, you know, all four of you guys have done really well, just from studying all of your careers over the last few years, getting an extremely good front end funnel, whatever that is. I think each one of you guys have done a lot of similar things, but also have specialized in something really unique. You know, Jason, you have a great amount of content in all forms. And I, I've seen it uh, for a very long time. You know, James, you got the podcast. Corey, you've got many different things, but one that, that has obviously struck a chord is the whole cookies thing. It's been <laughs> like, that's been fantastic. I've been using that all the time. Chris, yeah. you're like the referral king, like the partner of referral, the referral king. I feel like you get more referrals than anybody I know. It's interesting that we've all built that as the front end funnel. And if you have a good front end funnel, then honestly, the rest is just meeting with them long enough to form a relationship. I feel yeah, like that's I, pretty I, much it. I just want to say like, I resonate a lot where everybody says, especially Jason, because when you make your content a place where people can get to know you, especially, you know, through podcasts that is kind of raw, then you add on like the talking head videos that you're talking directly, addressing very specific things. And when you also do content. I've been doing short videos where I talk about like, oh, does PR even works? What is it? Like all the objections to it lead with those objections that you're already getting on the calls. You put them in the content. That content is like your sales rep in a way, right? Like it's answering those questions already. And then when they get to you, they already feel like they know you because they've been eavesdropping basically into your conversations with very high level people usually. Then they listen to the objections and everything on your shorts and just reels, TikToks, whatever, right? When they come to you, it's like, oh, I feel like I know you already, right? That's why it's, it's so great about content because it's a way to like put it out there and thousands of people can go and see it and it's working for you while you're doing other things that's the greatest thing about content it's just that nurture and that awareness and showing up all the time even though like you're not actually physically showing up right well i will say you know we have probably enough time for one more main topic i'll let you guys pick which way we go with this it could be the economy a lot of people are freaking out about that right now it could be how to scale an agency in general, or if you guys have another topic, we could talk about that. But we have 10 more minutes. I feel like we have time for maybe one major one. Any other options or anything you guys want to lean towards? Oh, I think we should just dive into the depressing economy that everyone's yeah. talking about. <laughs> I think so, it's too. So terrible. Yeah. I don't know. What do the other guys vote? I think we can combine, in my opinion, economy with the new way that people are buying now. Because that's is what I'm seeing. Like people are tired of ads. People have less money to just like splurge. Borrowing money is more expensive than ever in my lifetime, I think, you know. So all those three things combined together to, you know, how do we position ourselves now? How people are buying? And you yeah, know, like that, that, that's my thing. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm curious with the economy. Do you think that now is the best time to grow an agency when things are actually crappy? Or do you think it's better to grow when things are you know, everyone's uh, flying high. I'm yeah. ready. I'm waiting. Not ready. I don't, I don't wish bad things on anybody. I don't know. I mean, Corey, you've got a little gray in your goatee, but you're, you're kind of in, you, you got dark on top. So I'm all confused. So very confusing. I it's think confusing. I'm the oldest guy to, on the call. I, I need to fire my hairdresser. That's, that's basically what I, what's going on here. Yeah. So I, I remember. I like I you more and more, from, Chris. You didn't comment on my age. So thank you. <laughs> that's that's because your Aladdin. stunning good looks just cover up <laughs> no clue. I even like you even more. So, He's a good liar. No, but I remember like, you know, 
I was a kid in the 70s when there were gas lines and you could get a house mortgage in the double digit percentages. I mean, people forget that things go in cycles. And yes, inflation's really crazy. But I get an email from a great guy named Eamon. Oh, gosh, I'm going to forget his last name. Edgewater Research. I remember his He's name. not that great. He can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I always get him confused with a golf week, right? Ray, Ray Dalio. But uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. He came out with reports on Walmart and Target. And, you know, Walmart and Target are both reporting that they're starting to get cost savings from suppliers, that some costs are starting to come down. And I'm not saying that second or third quarter. I've told people recently, I kind of have a feeling our third quarter is going to be like last year, but I'm kind of waiting for it to happen because there's so many folks that have started up new agencies that only have a handful of clients and they may have a handful of really good clients, but if it goes south, I'm likely going to be able to pick up some of those leads with folks that don't have an agency anymore. So I, I'm kind of like, there's opportunities in downtimes and there's opportunities in good times. I think what a lot of us missed the boat was we all thought, at least for us, that all of that e-com growth that we had, that it was going to stick to a degree. We thought it'd fall back some, but we didn't realize it'd fall off so much. So it's just going to take a few years to catch up at the regular pace. And I think we'll be fine. What do you guys think? If you guys can deliver results, like I'm working with an agency right now, I'm getting ready to fire. Literally, they always talk about, oh, your open rates are great. I don't give a fuck about my open rate. I care about how many meetings you actually generate for me. So every time you bring up open rate, I'm coming after you. And they're like, oh, we strategize. And I'm like... Focus on the result. How can you get actually more skill? When COVID happened and everybody was at home, everything was good. You could look good and do a half-assed job. Now things are getting more tight. People are not going to get rid of the things that are actually making them money. So if you actually get better and get more skillful, because like literally today, I, I asked Alexa, how can I turn off ads from dumbass people that I keep seeing on my Instagram? It, it didn't even have an answer for me, right? Well, the answer is the crappy economy that people think is coming. But here's the deal. The crappy people will go out. I started my business in 99, Okay. I went through the dot bomb. I went through 9-11. I went through 08. I went through COVID. I grew every single year, every single time. If you have a good service and you create the right systems, you're going to lose clients, but you can't freak out because you lose clients. You have to have a pipeline in order to build them up. You also have a pipeline to follow back up. I can't tell you how many people will cancel with you but they come back because they went to a cheaper solution to realize that cheaper solution was a turd in a bowl, right? Like yes. they just couldn't do anything. So you just got to be patient, create the right system. There's no hack. Yeah, It's like going back to the basics. I remember when I was playing tennis in college and I'd be losing to this amateur and my coach would be right. like, just take the racket back and hit the ball. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't trying to think of like, let me get this top spin so it hits the T in the court. I was like, no, just hit it back. Let them make the mistake. It's so critical because like people, I think it's also just doing what your clients think generates results and not what you think generates results. Because I heard this recently from a, a social media team. They were like, oh, we get them all these views. And I was just thinking, yes, 
but yeah, but <laughs> the clients don't care. doesn't matter how good you are at it. They don't care. It's so hard to change human nature. That's the thing. It's yeah. so hard to get them to not think short-term. And so, yes, you probably want to have things in place to help them in the long-term, but you got to give them what they want and what they need every month. Otherwise they'll leave. And I made this mistake a lot early on, but I think we, we saw from the last recession when we had our agency ding for a little bit, and then we kind of corrected and then it grew because we started giving people what they want. But that's definitely what happened is we changed our mentality. We were like, look, it's not what we think is good. It's what they think is good. That's what's most important, right? Yeah. If you sell a steak and you give someone the bill, they better have eaten the steak. Don't give them a biscuit. <laughs> Don't give them mashed potatoes. Don't give them a burger. I'm loving these. Don't give them spam, <laughs> right? Like, and fake it as a steak. Give them the steak. You have to figure out what is the steak that people want. Mm. Yeah, and I think in, the, in today's climate, I'm with you, Jason. I think in today's climate, companies will continue to find a way to pay for new revenue, right? And so as an agency, if you could tie your services directly to revenue and find a way to help your customers drive revenue specifically, then I think you have a better shot of keeping that business with you versus losing it to someone else who's trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And Corey, that makes me think of our favorite new question when we have those, as Jason put it, those kind of, are we a good fit kind of initial meetings is we're asking folks, what is your source of truth? Because we've got to get on the same page with them. Are they a North Beam person? Are they a triple whale person? Are they a Hyros, which I hardly ever hear? Well, I don't know what happened with them. But all of the things right now that are going to lead to, we went through that whole phase of all the data shift and all of that. I mean, and Jason's right. Think about all the craziness, just crazy that's been going on over the last 10, 15 years, and we're still here. So I think, you know, finding out what are those things that are going to resonate. I love the steak analogy. I think we've got a fantastic headline for your podcast, Lucas. We've got Vegas buffets, prison documentaries, and steaks. Like, if you're not going to listen to that podcast, I don't what, know. What is what is all three have in common about scaling an agency? And yeah, then you there can you tell go. us the domain name that you bought. I want to know the domain name. Yeah, I want to know that too. Was it agency.ai? Actually, I'll, t I'll tell you guys. You I'll own it. I can't you get own it. it right? <laughs> yeah. I own it, but I haven't built the business yet. So, you know, but the thing is, I know if I say this, there can be people do, I, no one ever does stuff. No one ever does stuff. Yeah. So, but, so, and you can just let your mind run wild where that can go. I'll just say that because I just, I'm just convinced that there's agencies out there that don't have a clue where their can savings can be from, where the dedupe can come from, all kinds of stuff. And then you layer that into other kinds of businesses. I think there's a fantastic roadmap there for a service business. So that's what I'm doing. Well, I think that's a good note to end on, I think, because we're approaching the hour. But this has been so fun. I have to say, I've been wanting to do these for a long time. A lot of my favorite podcasts I listen to have a group chatting about things and people who actually know what the the hell they're talking about, right? That's actually like the, the important part. You guys yeah, all do. It's good to use the H word because Jason broke the F barrier earlier. Yeah. So, you know, we got that <laughs> in, the, in the podcast. You can bleep that up if you want, but it has He's more I think I have. He's I'm pretty sure I have explicit on. I think I have explicit on. I mean, there's been enough swearing to go around on the How to Scale an Agency podcast last year and a half. So I think we're probably good. But let's just end this by saying, where can people go to find y'all? And we'll put it in the show notes for anyone who wants to continue jamming on this later. But Jason, where can people go to find you? If they want to yep. connect. 
really easy domain name that no one else can buy because I own it is mastery.agency and I won't bleep it out like Chris that tease you. So go to mastery.agency. <laughs> uh, you, Chris, can find, uh, you can find me yeah. at my agency, omgcommerce.com or I'm Mo Marketer on all my socials, Twitter, LinkedIn, because I originally grew my agency in Missouri. So Mo Marketer. All right, James, what about you? Mine is the same username everywhere, James L, as in Louis, Foo, F-O-O. That's my username everywhere. Imperium Authority, it's a little bit harder to find, but if you can spell that, imperiumauthority.com goes to my website. If not, then James Foo Torres, you can just Google that and leads to me. Awesome. And then Corey, where people go to find you? All right. So it's uh, it's my name, CoreyQuinn.com, and that's spelled C-O-R-E-Y-Q-U-I-N-N. Awesome. I have a YouTube channel, podcast, a newsletter, all this great stuff that you could access from the site. Awesome. Well, for everybody listening, this concludes our first agency mastermind. We're going to be doing these once a month. I hope all these awesome people hop on next month. And just to conclude, we got Jason F-Bomb Swank, Chris Beep Brewer, and Strategy Foo, and Cookie Corey. So thank you, everybody, for being on. Super appreciative. I'm very excited for this first episode. Hope y'all come back next month and hope I'm not canceled between now and then. So thank y'all for being on. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Lucas. Thanks for having us.